the Mac Studio, the Studio Display, and the M1 Ultra, all discussed at Macintech. This is Mac Voices. Mac Voices is supported by New Relic. Monitor, debug, and improve your entire stack. Get access to the whole New Relic platform and 100 gigabytes of data free forever. No credit card required. Sign up at newrelic.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. This is part two in our conversation with Jeff Gamet, Adam Angst, and the Mac and Tech user group in Colorado about Apple's peak performance announcements. Specifically, this time, we dig into the Mac Studio, the Studio Display, and the M1 Ultra, and there were a lot of opinions. So let's get back to the conversation. So let's hit the big one, um, and that is the uh, the M1 Ultra, uh, the the Studio, and the Studio Display. Um, which they all seem to, I don't think you can, it's almost impossible to talk with to, about one without the other. Yes and no. I actually think the studio display is the most interesting announcement of a lot of them. Okay. And the reason is, is that it breaks the paradigm of the Mac, you know, buying calculus. That the 27 inch iMac for many people was the dominant product in a whole lot of like what you would buy when you were thinking about a Mac. It had the most beautiful screen. I'm sitting here. I'm looking at one right here. I've used one since 2014. This is my second one. And, um, you know, there's the screen was the ultimate screen. The pro the performance was always top notch. Um, and the price was stunning for what you got when you combine that performance with that screen. And so I don't think anyone, anyone expected the 27-inch iMac to disappear today. And yet it did because the studio display allows that to happen. And it allows you to pick whatever Mac format, physical format makes sense, whether that's the M1 Mini, whether it's the, the, uh, the Mac Studio, whether that's the MacBook Air, you know, one of the MacBook Pros, you know, you can really pick and choose. Probably even connected to a 24-inch iMac, although I'm betting they don't fit too well together. Or you can I, hook it up to your 27-inch iMac. <laughs> I bet it doesn't fit there either, but I'm going to try. Yeah. <laughs> I might. Yeah. I've been sitting with a Thunderbolt display for eight years now, and I really want a 5K display sitting next to this iMac. <laughs> Well, I and Adam, I agree with you. And you know, people are looking and say, "Oh man, that's book fifteen hundred dollars." Go to Amazon and look up five K displays, and you'll find the LGs at about thirteen hundred dollars, and they don't have any of the Apple tech built in. You know, they're—I mean, they're—they're they're beautiful displays, but you know, for a couple hundred bucks more, you've got all the audio enhancements that they uh, were bragging about. You have um, uh, the 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 camera. And you have the, you know, again, it fits into the Apple ecosystem. So I don't, I, I agree with you. I think it's interesting that they've, they've gone back to breaking them apart. I don't know from, I, I mean, I'm not sure if you guys agree with me or not, but is this a symptom of Johnny Ive not being there anymore? Because now we have to have a cable connecting our, God forbid, our, mm -hmm. our CPU unit with our monitor horrors. It, I, I hadn't thought of it that it. way. I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's a possibility. Um, I mean, it's not quite as elegant of an overall system, but it's more functional. Um, you know, there's lots of people who talk about wanting to separate their their CPU from their glass, and you know, because those monitors last a long, long time, 
and you know you could want you could want several computers over the lifetime of a monitor. Adam, I, I think one thing that uh, might might have gotten glossed over is uh, I think you're right that the 27 iMac, 27 inch iMac is going to disappear because uh, I think it was Tim who said you know Mac uh, lineup is almost complete. Yep. All we John. have left is the Mac Pro. He yes. said. Yep. So, so yeah, no, John. The, the writing writing's on the wall. The 27 iMac is. It, no it, it is not even on the yeah. wall. I mean, if you go look at Apple's site, it is gone. Um, I mean, you cannot buy it anymore. So I'm sure there's, you know, some out there that you can still mm -hmm. pick up, you know, while they while they clear stock, but mm -hmm. it's no longer even on Apple's site. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's 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 just a Apple's making way and that was an Intel Mac and it's gone. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, I actually haven't had a chance. I, I, I was writing until about, you know, 730 or eight o'clock. So I haven't had a chance to look, but I'm actually curious if there's any other Intel Mac still for sale other than the Mac Pro. Uh, um, site. Mini. Some, Mac Mac Mini. There's one Mac Mini. There's one Mac Mini, and is, is there yeah. maybe a is there maybe a MacBook Pro still too? I can't remember if there was one model of that at some point, or did those go away with the 14 and 16s? I thought that, that was, was the other. One. Yeah, so maybe it's a yeah, so one Mini, and um, and although you know, again, I I wish Jack because the Mac Studio might have put 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 paid to that too. Uh. Well, Adam, while you're looking that up, here are my thoughts on this new display. Uh, yes, it does cost more nope, than a comparable there. LG display. Um, and uh, it, and considering what you're getting when, when you do like a direct comparison with that LG 5K display that is currently out of stock on <laughs> Apple's uh, store, you're, you're getting a more robust hub for connecting peripherals you're getting the uh the spatial audio sound system built in and you're getting the 12 megapixel camera the the one thing that uh that i can't compare uh direct specs just looking at apple's website is the refresh rate so uh i don't know if the lg is 60 or 120 hertz Apple's display is 60, which I found surprising. At this point mm. in the game, at that price point, I would have expected 120. Maybe, yeah, that, that uh, Intel, that iMac seen... still is, uh, the, the, the Mac Mini, just to, to finish off, is still available in iMac size. So uh, <laughs> the Mac Mini is still available in Intel chips. It's been a long day. Um, so, uh, but yes, no, I think you're right. That is the one interesting thing. But the LG ultrafine displays have also had some engineering problems over the years. Um, this is true. I'm, I Honestly, you know, I mean, I, I've been, I have this 27-inch Thunderbolt display that I have never replaced with an LG ultrafine because... They didn't. They weren't. They weren't a slam dunk. They were expensive for what you seem to get. And then the, you know, particularly the earlier ones, there was some major engineering issues. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, when you want to spend that much money on a on a on a monitor, you want it to work for a while. That's the whole point. So I was just dubious. And LG doesn't fill me with confidence as a company in general. So. And well, now that that monitor can sit there for a long time and have different things hooked up to it. So yeah. you, you invest in the monitor and you've got it. And now all you have to do is upgrade to upgrade your Mac mini, upgrade your Mac studio, upgrade your MacBook air, MacBook 
pro, you know, whatever, <laughs> you're still going to be able to use that same monitor. Yeah. 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 And, and as I was saying before, you know, because I'm used to two 27-inch screens, you know, two of them, obviously, you know, $3,200 by the time you add it up, but then you add in, you know, a computer and it ends up being the same as, you know, when I was buying an iMac and a screen and a laptop. So, you know, it's, it doesn't change the pricing all that much as, you know, as it might seem like it's going to, you know, good monitors cost money. It's as simple as that. And, you know, no one, I don't know about you, but I, I've never seen a pro display XDR in the wild. Um, I don't know anyone who can spend $6,000 on a, on a monitor, but, uh, you know, $1,500, $1,600. Yeah. I, I know people who will do that, including me. <laughs> sure. And if not, you know, there's some very capable, very, in fact, I've got two of them behind me, some very nice 4k displays that don't break the bank that, you know, okay. It's not one big 5k, but it's still more than useful. I wow, used to be much more interested in, in, and like he who dies with the most pixels wins. Um, but, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's gotten to the point where I actually, even, even on the two twenty sevens, I can't necessarily focus on the stuff on the text that's way over on the side, partly my eyes, <laughs> but partly they've just gotten so big that there really is a point at which you, you know, there's a point of diminishing returns. And that's one thing I really was interested in, in the, in the studio display, which is if you get it with the vase amount, um, you can rotate it to portrait. Um, and then I'd have to think whether it's too tall. I don't know, but, uh, but it's, that was just a really interesting thought of being able to, uh, to put two side by side in portrait modes. They're not way off to the side, um, but you're still getting a massive amount of screen real estate. And you, of course it fixes one of the problems you have with the current iMac, which is that you can move it up and down now. Yeah, so that stand is another 400 bucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right. Here's my take on on, uh, stands for displays and displays in general. You do not buy a display with a stand that you can move up and down. You buy a display and you put it on a Visa arm, and that's it. That's how you get your display where it really needs to go. Uh, And the bonus is you free up desk space. I, I will never buy a display ever that uh, that I can't put on a Visa arm. Yeah, yeah, I've never done that, but uh, it's certainly been tempting. I I have the, I have the, I have an IKEA desk which is just perfect, and then I'm like, but I would have to get a new like have to attach it somewhere, and yeah, one of these years. The year you do it, you will just immediately regret the fact that you didn't do it years earlier. Jeff, is that part of your current setup the way you are now, or is it somewhere else? Oh, it, it, it yes, this is where I am. So my desk, uh, I have a 34 inch, uh, HP display on a visa arm and, uh, and my studio lights are on arms. The speakers that I have on my desk, they're up on arms. So I have lifted everything up off my desk except for my laptop and uh, and my Wacom tablet, and uh, it, it it completely changes how you use your space when you can get everything up out of the way and then also get your display where it's at the right height for your eyes. So what you're saying is you have a Dr. Octopus desk? I um, totally have a Dr. <laughs> Octopus desk. Yes. 
Jeff, I would say that you are heavily armed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I see what wow. you did there. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right, so I will, I will add a pro tip to Jeff's comment about the visa I because uh, I agree with it. I don't use it um, because I made the mistake of buying a glass desk. <laughs> dumb, dumb. I'm sorry. I Dumb. I, I will replace it at some point, but for right now. Mm. There's some saying about people who live in glass desks. Yeah. <laughs> you have to wear pants. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> look at that. <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, this is out of control. I, where did I lose control? Where did I lose control? Um, so, so, Adam, you you designated the monitor as the most interesting uh, yeah. announcement. I think that's really interesting in itself because <laughs> the studio seems to be. I, I'm not. I'm not sure it's for anyone necessarily in this audience, but. Well, that's man, a, that's exactly the point, right? So. I'm not complaining about the studio, but I did just do a big article in tidbits about the problem here, which is that Apple seems to see pro as being synonymous with you do audio, you do video, you do photos, pretty much nothing else. And that's my complaint. And that's why I'm you know, like, yeah, fine. The studio is great. You know, if you need it, go buy it, spend your, spend your 4,000 bucks on the M1 Ultra version and whatnot. Have fun. So I'm, I don't begrudge you anything. But too many people are not audio, video, or photography professionals. And that's my, that's my complaint. Yeah, but if they're not video, audio, or photography professionals, do they, I mean, isn't an M1 something, whether it's a laptop or an iMac, isn't that sufficient because precisely of the power of the M1? and that's what apple's just introduced a computer which is not for the rest of us it's for okay. the yeah, very very few of us <laughs> it's for them <laughs> adam i have a hypothesis on this uh-huh. and uh, and first you are absolutely right this is not the computer for all of us it's the computer for the rest of us whoever that us is <laughs> but this is also apple making a very powerful statement. This is Apple walking out on Intel's stage and dropping the microphone and then giving uh, AMD the finger as they walk off stage. (laughs) Yes. yes. I mean, what Apple did was they rolled out a machine uh, uh, in the middle of their, their progression to abandoning Intel completely. And what they did was they showed Intel that despite what this company that is a chip maker does, they cannot compete with the company that makes laptops and iPhones <laughs> in the chip space. Like at, Intel cannot compete here at all yeah. for, for this kind of a market. And, uh, and Apple wanted to make sure everyone knew yeah. that they solidly are owning this space. And when they rolled out the Mac Studio, they did exactly that. And it's not even the Mac Pro. Right. <laughs> right. We still have yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that was part of the mic drop because with everything Apple announced as part of the Mac Studio, I mean, holy crap, this is more computer than most anyone can even imagine using. And this isn't even the top of the line. So in the 24-month window that Apple committed to, to, to completely move away from Intel, holy crap, by the time they do it, there will be Intel engineers 
crying actual tears of pain. I think they were crying tears of pain today. I mean, <laughs> yeah, if they, they if, better they better get hydrated because they have a lot more tears. I mean, <laughs> today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by New Relic. Monitor, debug, and improve your entire stack. Get all the details at newrelic.com slash macvoices. If you are a software engineer responsible for keeping your company's systems up and running, you dread those after-hour alerts that something is wrong. 7 p.m. alerts are bad. 9 p.m. alerts are worse. Is it the server? Is it the network? Is it the cloud provider? Or something else? You need to find out fast, both for your sake and for the company's sake. And that's why you need New Relic. You could go out and buy separately the 16 tools that New Relic brings together in one package. But why not get them all at once so that your engineering team can see everything in one place? New Relic lets you pinpoint issues down to the line of code so that you know exactly why the problem happened and can move to get it resolved. Over 14,000 companies, including DoorDash and GitHub, are using New Relic to debug and improve their software. And whether you're running a cloud-native startup or a Fortune 500 company, it takes just five minutes to set up New Relic in your environment. That next 9 p.m. call is just waiting to happen. Get New Relic before it does. And you can get access to the whole New Relic platform and 100 gigabytes of data free forever. No credit card required. Sign up at newrelic.com slash macvoices. That's newrelic, N-E-W-R-E-L-I-C dot com slash macvoices. Newrelic.com slash macvoices. Thanks to New Relic for supporting Mac Voices. If you go with the M1 Ultra on the Mac Studio, you can upgrade to 128 gigabytes of RAM. Of unified memory. Even more of, impressive. Of, yes, excuse me. You're, you're yes. correct. Yes. I mean, you know, that's because, I mean, and, and the reason why, just to, just to clarify for folks, why unified memory is so much more interesting is that when you're sharing it with the CPU, between the CPU and the GPUs, um, it doesn't, it, it's much faster to work on data because it doesn't have to be transferred between chips. And so it's just, it's like a, it's a stunning thing. I mean, that's why so many of the M1 Macs have been able to get by with frankly less memory than we would have thought back in the pre Apple Silicon days, um, because it just like, it, it works on the data and moves out of memory. It's done. You know, it doesn't need to keep stuff in memory all the time. The other one that got me, uh, and I want to make sure I read this so I get it right. The Mac Studio with M1 Ultra can play back up to 18 streams of 8K ProRes video. 18 streams. I mean, that that's, that boggles the mind. And I, you can only imagine what, what filmmakers in Hollywood are thinking about, you know, what, that they could do with this machine. <laughs> and, and, and even maxed out, it's not that crazy a price. For us, it is. But for them, it's not yeah. that crazy a price. Yeah, it is funny though because you talk, you say that. I mean, I, I, this is part of my my complaint when Apple is sort of going for this market is is like eighteen streams of eight K video. I have absolutely no idea what that means, and I don't care. Right? Like, I don't edit video ever, much less eighteen streams simultaneously. So, like, oh, it is a completely meaningless spec for anyone except for the person who is going to be, has already ordered a fleet of these, right? Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> so, you know, that person, great. No, no, don't, you know, have fun. Go nuts. I, I'm, I'm really glad. But that's what I'm saying is, is that just is so out of range um, for so many people because of that. And isn't it? It's good, right? Apple has made the low end. The low end is the M1, which is enough and not even just enough. It's more than enough for almost everyone. And then it just goes up and up and up from there. That's what's impressive. And as you say, you know, Jeff, it was like the Intel, the Intel engineers have got to just be really, really. It was going to be scalable. Yeah. yeah. Well, this whole so, thing with Ultrafusion, Apple knew it was happening hmm. from the beginning. This was yeah. planned. Yep. So Apple knew they they had scale scalability before we even knew this chip existed. Yeah. So they everybody in everybody working for Disney is going to run out and get one of those things, or some <laughs> of them will wait for you know the Pro, <laughs> the next one up. Well, but what's left for the Mac Pro to do? <laughs> very true. A hundred streams make K video. <laughs> sure, sure. Why not? Why not? And what does that mean? Yeah, so, but I mean, there is so Thanks, there is Adam. there's actually another. I I can argue both sides of, of of most issues. So there is one reason why this is also really important for for all of the rest of us who are never going to edit eighteen streams of eight K video, which is that when performance reaches a certain level, developers discover they can do stuff with it, and. We don't know what that stuff's going to be. But for instance, imagine some of the, think about some of the stuff that goes on in your Mac in the background. Now, that's only possible because we have the level of performance we have now. 20 years ago, that was inconceivable. And even, even just the multitasking capabilities of, of modern day Macs, inconceivable 20, 30 years ago. And so, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, some kind of um, spatial awareness where the Mac knows you're in front of it and is actually reacting to your movements in real time. That that kind of thing couldn't even be conceived of unless you've got the power of, you know, the M1 Max, say, or the, you know, the, and then the M1 Max becomes the base level because, oh, wow, if you want your Mac to be able to react to your gestures, you've got to have all that. So I don't know what that is, but that's the argument for why we need all this processor power for the future that we're not going to be still editing 8K video or whatever's after 8K video. <laughs> I have no idea. How about scientific research? Yeah, that's Think tough. Stephen um, Hawking. Think Stephen Hawking, what he could have done with so all this power. So that's a that's a tough one, and the reason is so. For instance, my son is a PhD student at Simon Fraser University in Vancouver, working on computer vision. He can't use a Mac; it's not possible. No machine learning work is ever done on Macs, and the reason is is because all of the tools and all of the code assume something called CUDA, C-U-D-A, and NVIDIA mm. hardware. And so, it doesn't matter how good Apple is; they're irrelevant to academic yeah, work in machine learning. And so that's one of those situations where, like, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's plenty of scientific fields where people write their own code and they're perfectly happy to do it. But boy, you get into a field where you need certain things that's been built up over a generation of research and code and tools, and you're just out left out in the cold. So, you know, I said Apple's neural engine's all fine and nice, and my son is just drooling over the possibilities, but he can't use it at all. 
ever. Tell him he has to start figuring <laughs> out the coding. It's, it's it, the problem is it really is an inf- it is like a oh, foundational yeah. problem. Like all their tools require CUDA and assume NVIDIA GPUs. Right. And so the entire field would have to change over. And that's not likely to happen. So it's like human blood versus Vulcan blood. <laughs> <laughs> yes, precisely. <laughs> and it's driving him nuts. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> somebody's gonna make that somebody's gonna make that change. Well, meanwhile, it keeps the Intel engineers in in a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adam, your point's well taken. And you know, I I mean think about think about when we had dial-up modems. And now think what you have. You know, that we right. can stream 4K video. Right. And before Adam <laughs> says I don't wouldn't know what 4K video is, and I, you know. <laughs> but, but my TV is too old for that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But you know, so and and now we're about to go 5G and you know have even more bandwidth and have it a lot more freely available what will that do to you know our lifestyle um and how will it trickle down to just us mere mortals let alone the people that can really take advantage right. of it? precisely so, i mean i actually remember using the first video it was actually video conferencing software um where it was actually live video on both sides. It was called CUC Me. It was developed at Cornell, oh, yeah. Cornell University. Yeah. Um, and because I, you know, went to Cornell and my my sister was there at the time when it was being developed. And so, you know, she and her boyfriend, you know, got it working and everything. And so it really was posted stamp. Um, and it was horrible quality and all that. And right. Now we don't just have, you know, 4K, blah, 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 blah. We have an entire industry of Netflix and Disney Plus and Hulu and Apple TV, you know, billions of dollars that, you know, have as grown up because this infrastructure is there. And, you know, pandemic, Zoom, Teams, you know, Skype, all the works, absolute, it's table stakes now. That's the difference. And that's what the question about this, what this performance will do in terms of making, what is next, what is table stakes in five years? That's the question. And five years, I mean, that's, that, that's no time at all. Five years, everything, anything, um, my friend Carrie Liu, who wrote the first book about the Mac, um, um, once pointed out that anything that we're going to see in the market in five years is in labs now. And so, because it, it takes that long to, to really get something out of the lab and into a product. So, so yeah, so that's, that's the generational um, the generational time frame. It's not that long. Um, and, you know, it's like you can look back five years pretty easily, right? I mean, I, I've had my iMac since 2014. So that's, you know, you know, generations um, right there. And, um, and the M1, you know, just completely upended that. So yeah, we're, it's, it's coming. Um, and we don't know exactly what it'll be, but it's going to be interesting. In five years, I'm still- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, some of us are still waiting for universal control. <laughs> Hold on a couple of days. You'll be fine. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. That would be Friday. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, and universal control is going to be interesting. I actually have used um, used things over the years that have done that. Um, oh, gosh. Back in the maybe even late 90s, something called teleport. 
um, would allow you to control, oh, yeah. you know, to basically just have your mouse jump over to another machine and and use it. And um, so I'll be, I'm, I'm very interested to see it. Um, and and I'm, I actually, <laughs> Apple took it out of the betas at some point, and I don't know. I'm like, I, I wasn't using the betas, and then I suddenly I installed them, and I, I was like we were traveling for reasons I won't explain. Um, but I was in a situation where I had my laptop and my iPad in a hotel room. And I was like, huh, I wonder if I can use my iPad as a screen. And I, and I was, you know, I was running the betas, everything. I turned it on and it worked. And I just assumed it was more or less ready. This was September. And then there's all this big about how like they took it out and I'm like, but it was working. I used it. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it doesn't, didn't ship, didn't ship, didn't ship. So yeah, hopefully finally in a few days. Um, I don't think it's going to make, it's not going to change the world. Um, it's going to be really, really handy for certain things. And, and, um, and I recommend it, trying it, but I don't think it's going to change the world. It's going to change my world. Change your world. Oh yeah. And that's all that really matters. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone used the uh, Logitech mouse that allows you to use three screens? Uh, both uh, PC and uh, Apple. Wow. They're, they're high-end oh, mouse. Oh, no. I've, no. I've used their keyboard that has the three buttons on it that yeah. you can press and switch from one device to another. Yeah. And that's, that's really mouse, nice. Uh, their mouse is really nice and ergonomic. You can kind of hold your hand like that, you know, and use it. And I was going to buy that, but then I got to hearing more and more about this uh, thing that was supposed to be coming from Apple that do the same thing. So, Jeff, I'm curious, why is this going to completely change your world? What's the what's your use case? My use case is uh, re related to a lot of editing work. So mm. what I do now, like if I'm working with with video, uh, I'll, I'll do a lot of video capture at my desk, but then everything goes to LumaFusion for actual editing, which means it's on my iPad. And the way my setup is here, having my iPad sitting on my desk to do that work is kind of a pain. So I actually leave this room and go to, uh -huh. and sit at my, my uh, uh, dining room table and work on the iPad there. But then I also have the whole thing of moving the content that I've captured on my Mac over to the iPad. So what's going to happen now is I'll be able to take my iPad Pro and just have it sitting, say, on an arm here uh, at my <laughs> the desk. Octopus, yes, <laughs> just a, a, another tentacle, and uh, and I will simply be able to use the same input devices, take the content that I've created, drag it over to the iPad and start working with it. And, and it becomes a seamless thing where I'm not, I'm not switching devices in the traditional sense. I'm just switching the piece of glass that I'm looking at while I'm doing the thing that I do. Mm-hmm. And and that's going to be for my workflow. That's going to be a revolutionary change. So you're switching back and forth between the Mac and the iPad pretty fluidly. Yes. And 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 see, I think the I think the tentacles are the are the key there because part of the problem I have with iPads is like just getting them to like fit into the mix. Like they don't fit on desks when you're like my monitors overflow my desk 
as it stands. So I don't mm-hmm. have room for an iPad to actually sit on the desk anywhere useful. But if you got the tentacles, I think the tentacles are key. Then you just like pull it down and there it's in front of you while you're working. Um, yes. And then you can like push it away when you're done and moving back to the Mac. Or just well, swing your well, arm. What hmm? about where you can put the app onto your Mac? You think that's coming? Well, it, it's already here, assuming you have an M1 Mac. Yeah. So, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and not- so there you go. Actually, if you get a Mac Studio with an M1 Ultra, this LumaFusion might just scream on that. Right. Yeah. So uh, what, what I'm hearing is uh, everyone needs to go visit my Patreon and buy me a coffee so that I can raise <laughs> enough money to get a Mac Studio. And now back to our show. Um, <laughs> that was that was Jeff Gamut uh, showing for himself. Um, yeah, and, and you guys are fast talking me out of my glass desks too. I need tentacles. So. Tentacles. I, I I'm thinking I'm thinking there's there's a product here of of just like the desk with like the ball joint unit in back where you can just attach more tentacles. You know that would there- be the idea. Yeah. Yeah. There are uh, uh, Visa arms where they're modular like that. So you can put like multiple arms coming off. Mm-hmm. So you can essentially create a system where everything is reaching out as if it's going to hug you <laughs> and you have uh, your display and all these other things kind of coming out and around. And, uh, and it sounds a little bit creepy, but at the same time, I think it sounds kind of cool. And I think we have to call Hawk, it, Hawk. and we have to call Hawk. it, and we have to call it Desker Octopus. Yes. Uh, no, yeah. no, no. It's the Gamut Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Gamut Jungle Gym. <laughs> the, the Jeff Hug. <laughs> we wrap up our conversation with Jeff, Adam, and Macintech. As we touch on some of the smaller announcements at uh, Apple Speak Performance event, including the baseball, Apple TV Plus, and a number of the other things, we also learn a little more about Mac and Tech in the next edition. I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. I hope you'll join us then. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page. And get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com macvoices, or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.